Join me, Professor RPG, as I sit down with friends, colleagues, and special guests as we reminisce and discuss role-playing games that left their mark on us. Expect to see all sorts, from western style to Japanese and even tabletop. So stay a while and listen, and let us trigger those memories of tales long since completed. Relive that fantasy you hold dear, and come along with us, adventurer, on this quest into the past. Welcome to the RPG University. in session and today it's all about the remake of Final Fantasy 7. As always I am your host Scott White but you can call me Professor RPG. This week I have the absolute pleasure of welcoming to the university the skip master, a content creator, and an expert Sora and Zidane impersonator, the wonderful Cloudy McDoom. Cloudy, thank you so much for uh, joining me here today. Yeah no problem, no problem. Thanks for uh, having me. Oh, of course. I, I always get a kick out of all the new content and skits and stuff you put out on your social <laughs> media platforms and uh, lurking in your Twitch stream. So it's uh, <laughs> I, I'm nerding out that uh, I have you on. But thank you once again for joining me. But today, like I said, we are talking all about Final Fantasy VII Remake, which released almost a year ago at this point, back on April 10th, 2020, that accursed yeah. year yeah <laughs> yeah i don't want to be thinking about it but luckily 2020 for all of its bad parts did have some fantastic games now if you need any help getting your mind back in the 2020 mode some other games you could have been playing are persona 5 royal which was absolutely fantastic oh, i love last that. of oh so good so good i platinumed it i oh. <laughs> close to my heart that soundtrack oh yeah uh, so good. I uh, I recently was able to pre-order the Royal Vinyl Collection from Limited Run. So Ooh, it's pushing fancy. me. Uh, I know it's pushing me to actually get a record player so I can play my <laughs> game soundtracks one day, one, one day. day. But you may have also played Last of Us Part Two, Hades, yeah. Spider-Man Miles Morales. You may have tried the beta for Cyberpunk 2077, and or my personal game of the year last year, Legend of Heroes Trails of Cold Steel 4. I know I spent a lot of time with that. But we are here to talk about Final Fantasy VII Remake, Cloud and the Gang. So, Cloudy, what's kind of what's your experience with Final Fantasy VII? Not just the remake, but just seven in general. Okay. Well, I guess to try to kind of make this uh I'll make this as quick as I possibly can because it's like a long story. But basically, back when I was in the seventh grade, this was I'm about to date myself. This was like the year 2000, somewhere in there. Uh, I we're, I think we're the, right around the same age. I was in 2000. I was in high school. Let's OK, see, cool. Been, yeah, I was born in 88. So I'm OK. I'm cool, up cool. there. Perfect. Perfect. So. And you can relate. So back then, uh, I remember it was my birthday, and me and my dad went to Walmart, and I got Final Fantasy VII. I was like, yeah, Dad, I really want this. So that was my first delve into the Final Fantasy universe on PlayStation. I had played ROMs mm -hmm. and stuff, but Seven was the one I truly played through and beat. So that's already the connection I have to the game. 
Uh, so after that, for years, it just kind of, even though I played the other Final Fantasies, 8, 9, 10, what have you, mm-hmm. 7, like Cloud Stripe's aesthetic and his character, the Buster Sword, like that stuck like with me for some reason. You know what I'm saying? So like, oh yeah, that's my whole kind of history with the game. And even though I didn't understand the plot as much as a kid, like as I got mm-hmm. older and went back and revisited, I kind of understood like Cloud's plight, you know, the whole shebanga bang with him, Zach the mental breakdowns and stuff. So it, it was really cool. Yeah. Well, with Remake, uh, did you, I'm guessing, jumped on, like, day one? Like, were you really looking forward to the 7 Remake, or were you kind of apprehensive? Like, what were your thoughts when it got announced, this oh, Remake? Oh, no. Like, as soon as I heard about it, even back when we, saw, we first saw, when we first heard rumors about a Remake, I was already amped up, and that was years prior to the actual game coming oh, out. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, I, I was already on board, you know, because I, I I think here's my thing. You can probably relate to this. Anytime we played games when we were younger and they had cutscenes, specifically on like PlayStation mm-hmm. titles, there was always this low key fantasy, you know, pun intended, of like playing the game as those actual like incredibly yeah. rendered 3D versions of themselves. Like there was always that fantasy of doing that. Mm-hmm. So then when I saw like the remake trailers and the teasers, it was like that dream was coming true. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. So I already was like hella excited to even do that. So once I actually did get the game, I was I was all in. Like I dedicated like, yeah, I, I was in. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm right there with you. Uh, having grown up, I got a PlayStation 1 late, so I got it. I have the greatest hits version of 7. Same. So I had, like played it at a friend's house, but I didn't have a PlayStation until late. So I was quickly going through and expanding my backlog. So I snagged seven, eight, nine, and, and all those with greatest hits. Um, but I still remember the fervor that was generated with the PlayStation 3 tech demo that recreated the uh, uh, the train arriving in the station right before the bombing mission yeah. with Cloud jumping off the train. How it's like... And I feel like that's what really started the. It's like, oh my god, are they actually are they actually going to remake it? <laughs> um, and that lasted until they did the next trailer, which was uh, the reveal trailer for this remake game. And I was so excited when they revealed it, oh, but man. I was like, how how's it gonna how's it gonna work? And then hearing that it was gonna be episodic and that the first <laughs> game was only gonna be Midgar, it's like, oh no. I don't know how I feel about this, but then as it got closer, I tried it at PAX last year, PAX East last year, right before lockdown and everything. It's like, okay, I'm I'm hesitantly very excited for this game. Like I was (laughs) excited, but I was like, Don't hurt me. Don't hurt me, Final Fantasy (laughs) Seven. Don't do this to me. And then when it came out, I was just blown away. And I feel like, especially with the combat, this is the culmination of everything Square has been trying to do with Final Fantasy Combat yeah. since basically Advent Children. Oh, like, yeah. Like, that very flashy, dynamic combat. All in the air, hyper-aerial, yeah, yeah. Yeah, while also retaining kind of the depth and complexity where they tried it with Final Fantasy Thirteen, which was visually kind of uh, exciting, but it didn't necessarily have a lot of the depth I felt. And then with um, the trilogy, the thirteen trilogy, and and things like that, it find and fifteen was much more actiony. It was getting closer. Yeah. But then with the seven remakes combat, 
it's like they nailed it. They got that like tactical combat. You could swap so quickly and easily between characters, and each character behaved differently. And it was just oh yeah, it was Chef's kiss. Oh, it's so good. And I still am on the the. I believe that this game has no right to be as good as it ended up being. <laughs> like, <laughs> it is so good, and I and I love it so much. But with your playthrough of this game, what was kind of, um, who is your who are your main three? Or like, tell me about your experience with this remake. What did? How do you feel that it's only in Midgar? Um. All right. So. How I feel about that. Well, first, all right. So my main party was definitely Cloud, Tifa, and Barrett for the most part. Uh, mm-hmm. And I would rotate out uh, Aerith just because, you know, healer, you know, got to do mm-hmm. that. Um, and that was actually what's funny is when I used to play it on the old, like, you know, the original Final Fantasy VII, my main party was Cloud, Tifa, Red 13. But for whatever reason, this time around, I guess I didn't really like, I mean, I used Red 13, but I didn't like utilize them like I usually would have done. Um, so that was my party. As far as how I felt about it being only in Midgar, um, it's like I understand from a game developer standpoint. Like, I like I can only imagine. Like, you know how much depth there was in just this demo. Like, here's a oh, good yeah. example: when you're going with Aerith back to her house and you're traveling the slums or whatever, mm-hmm. how big and massive just that map was. How much detail they put into it. Then yeah. I started imagining oh, the world map itself. You know, like like how how they even would pull that off. You know what I'm saying? Like, are they gonna make them oh, TV yeah. characters again? Which I doubt. But like, you know, like that that idea of scaling. So I appreciated yeah. how much they put into the first part of it. Like, of course, I want mm-hmm. more, and of course, my mouth is like watering for it. But I'm not upset about it. It's yeah. almost like once I beat the demo, or excuse me, uh, part one. It, it's like I don't know. It, it's it's almost like watching a season of something on Netflix or Hulu mm-hmm. and you're just excited for the next season. Like you loved what, yeah. what you got out of that first season, but you're ready for the more, you know? Oh yeah. Um, yeah. It, it'll be very interesting to see how they approach an open world. Will it adopt kind of a similar style to like final, what final fantasy 10 did where you have images on a world map and then you just select locations. Oh or, yeah. Um, or like you said, kind of will we get like an actual kind of world map that we really haven't gotten since final fantasy nine. I mean, final fantasy nine was really the last one that had a world map that you walked around. That's right. Yeah. Because then the gameplay got more linear, like with FF 10 and 13 and yeah. what have you. 12, um, 12 was, I, I, it's weird. I can't remember much of 12. I know I beat it, but like, mm-hmm. I don't remember if, it was a world map per se, or you just go from like section to section. It's been so long. I can't remember. 12 was like, you had section by section. Um, it was like individual areas that were connected to other areas that Ah. you could then explore. So it's, it was very MMO esque where you had different regions, but there was, wasn't a giant world map that you just ran around. Okay. That's what Uh, I thought. Uh, but with final fantasy seven remake, what are some of the big areas your like big takeaways? Like when you were going into play this remake, what were some of the moments or areas of Midgard that you were like really excited to see or the most excited to experience in this remake? Um, I would have to say again, it's like every they 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 um 
they nailed everything they set out to nail for this game. Like they checked all the boxes. They made sure it was fun, aesthetically pleasing. The soundtrack was a banger. Um, I think for me, I love how much they fleshed out your experience in the slums in a mm-hmm. sense of, you know, obviously they added like the little mini games and the, the extra characters and whatnot. Even the mission where you have to, um, I think you and Tifa have to change out like the air conditioning units or something to that effect. Yeah, but like, right at the beginning. Yeah, yeah. Like little stuff like that was cool because I remember, and I'm going to keep jumping back and forth to the PlayStation version. No, cause that's like, fine. Yeah, because, you know, I have that emotional attachment to it because it's from my childhood. But like, I just loved how big they made the slums. You get what I'm saying? And the mm-hmm. fact that like not only that, but the reactors were enormous. Like they were just really cool and fleshed out. But each reactor had its own like aesthetic. Even though it's the same thing, yeah. you still did different things in each reactor. And I thought that was really boss. Um, and my I was, but to answer your question, so my main takeaway was Don Corneo's um that whole thing with like the fact that they actually went through putting cloud in a dress and all that just oh, like yeah. in the original like i was appreciative of how well they they played that out you know uh, that moment with the honeybee and was absolutely fantastic <laughs> but after they fall into corneo's trap has one of my two favorite lines of like this entire game and it was right when tifa realized she was speaking to cloud in the dress and Klaus oh, was like, yes, thanks. I know. I nailed it. Moving on. Yeah, like, that he's was... just like, yeah, I know. I look good. Whatever. Let's drop it. <laughs> yeah, that, the comedic time was so... perfect. Oh, I know. Just the tempo of that. It was so good. And I laugh. <laughs> and I still laugh whenever I think about that part because of that delivery. And he's just like, yes, whatever. I'm, I look hot in a dress. Let's, let's move on. Exactly. Uh, like, there was no, like, awkward, like, him trying to talk it down. He's like, I know mm-hmm. you're going to acknowledge me in a dress. You see it, I see it, we all see it. Cool. Let's finish the mission. Like that. Yeah, the timing was perfect on that. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Touching a bit on what you mentioned with the reactors, I they gave each one such personality. Like they made each one feel so unique. Like yeah. with the ride armor, you see it being built and letting you kind of interact with and uh, hack it or bit or weaken it in different ways you see fit was such a cool moment because the right armor is such a big boss fight in the original game oh yeah the the build here in this remake seeing it kind of move along and and everything was was such a neat touch in terms of there are moments i would feel didn't hit the mark in terms of elongating gameplay or expanding the the midgar section but the air ride or the ride armor is not one of them. I thought that yeah. was such a good, good section of the game. Oh yeah, for sure. And it's, you know, I, I know I, I read somewhere, some people didn't care for a little, like some of the extra bells and whistles, like the side missions and the what have you. But I think I, for one, I understand why they did that too. Like I said, to make the demo a little bit longer. Cause like if you omitted mm-hmm. a lot of those side things, the game would have been a lot shorter, and I'm sure a lot of more people would have been angrier than they were that it was a part one. Um, mm-hmm. But as far as the reactors go, yeah, I I also love how challenging they made just the first reactor boss. You yeah. know, like I, I know we're not talking about like the actual villains per se yet, but like just I remember that vividly. <laughs> the scorpion, um, the thing, the the scorpion. Yeah, you know, guard scorpion. 
Yeah, like that was annoying in the first one. I remember that, but it was a pretty basic, like, hey, just guard when he puts his tail up, you know, cast lightning, mm-hmm. whatever. This one was a full blown look. You better hide behind rubble. This thing yeah. is gonna jump on the wall. It's gonna shoot missiles. Like it was challenging, <laughs> and it was it was appreciative. I appreciated it as a gamer. It was such a cool and like expertly done first boss fight. Yeah, like this just gets you hyped. If this is the first boss fight you in the entire series or like the game, <laughs> how will everything else be? And just I I will correct this uh, for the internet. I do apologize. It was Airbuster, not Ride Armor. I don't know why I was thinking Mega Man X there, but it yeah, is, I was thinking that's I was what thinking I was mentally picturing. Airbuster. I just didn't correct. I was Air like, Buster. I think he knows. Like we both know what we're yeah. talking about. Yeah. Yeah, I was like, that's that. No, that's <laughs> not the right name. So then I look it up, Airbuster. So yeah, feel free to to spam the comments. Oh, uh, internet. Wow, you just made me think of something that I actually, I want to amend uh, what I said about, so the reactor stood out to me, definitely. Mm-hmm. But I think what really turned me on, like, in a, oh, pause, what really, like, shifted, like, how I viewed the game in terms of scale was when you get to Shinra HQ, right? Yeah. And, you know, you travel, you do all that stuff, you go through the big lobby and everything. That was cool, having Tifa jump on the lights and everything. But, like, when you get to the main, like, employee level, and they have actual employees in the lounge and you go through the tour, mm-hmm. the virtual tour of Shinra HQ blew my mind because it actually grounded Shinra as an actual company, a corporation. And like, oh, yeah. they treated it like an actual, like, Hey, if you're trying to work here, here's what we do. Here's how this started. Here's a history behind all this. Like that was, Oh man, that blew me away. Sorry. I had to, I had to say that. No, no apology. Don't, don't apologize. It's completely <laughs> true. It, uh, like going through how you have to start with the tour and going and go through the history of Shinra and <laughs> yeah. seeing all the little nods and things of if you've played the original game, you know of kind of these old reactors that are out on the world map. You visit them in the original game. So getting those little crumbs of story detail and lore that you'll only really pick up or be able to uh, remember about if you played the original game was such a nice touch and that cinematic when clouds tripping and he sees Sephiroth appear and you see meteor (laughs) and it's like, what is going on right now? This is, (laughs) this is incredible. It's bananas. Uh, Bananas. But uh, in turn, speaking of, since we're on the topic of Shinra's HQ, did you do the stairs or did you go in the front door? I, (laughs) I took the stairs because I was just curious to see if yep. they actually make you go up every single flight, and they sure do. And I love mm-hmm. here's a, a game developer nod. I'm gonna give them the further up you go, you naturally stop um, running or jogging. You mm-hmm. know, Cloud's little brisk yep. joggy does. You naturally stop doing that once you hit like the I don't know what number floor, but I thought that was so cool. And the whole time Barrett's just like, oh I know, talking like, oh my god, yeah, this is killing me, yada yada. Like it was just so. Oh, they, they, that was cool. Yeah, I went up. I took the stairs. I didn't go straight through. That is the, in my opinion, that is the only way to actually do that section of the game. It's like, I know speedrunners might take the, might walk in the front door, but no, for the real Final Fantasy VII experience, you need to take the stairs. Yeah, you got to get that cardio. Oh, yeah. And kind of going off of the timing that we mentioned with Cloud's 
referencing how he looks good in the dress. The timing <laughs> and banter in this game between the party members oh, yeah. is, is one of the rock stars of this game. Like, I love the banter between everyone, and especially in the uh, in the stairway scene where it gets to a point where they're past the halfway point and Barry's just like, kill me now. I'm just, I'm done. I'm going back. And then Tifa or it might have been Cloud is just like, you're more than halfway done like it would take longer to get back down so he just begrudgingly continues on and you hear him all <laughs> gasping for air and yeah. starting to bicker with one another oh yeah uh, it's it was these I moments real. are yeah it did it, it's these moments that i think uh people were i feel like people were unsure of how the remake would handle these kind of moments because really since the original game we have seen much different tonal games and media from the final fantasy 7 universe i mean in advent children cloud is a much different character he's much more uh brooding and kind of quiet and a loner and him in kingdom hearts so like uh, we yeah. see this we see this very like macabre like down loner cloud for years that so many people are probably used to that didn't experience the original game, but to see him kind of cracking jokes and his facade of uh, the tough guy in the beginning, cracking throughout the game and him slowly letting Aerith and Tifa and others in it. It's such a breath of fresh air that this was the cloud. I remember, like I never thought of cloud necessarily as the, the emo brooding guy in the original game. (laughs) I think that all came from, like, especially Advent Children. But to see him making these quips and joking around and dishing out these, like, little jabs at Barrett or uh, Biggs and Wedge and stuff throughout the game, it's like, no, you're just trying, you're just playing hard ass. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And I think, and you brought up a strong point. So in the old game, you have to remember a lot of that was populated with our own imaginations projected mm-hmm. onto these characters because it's all text based. Like we can, we can gather how they feel to an extent, mm-hmm. you know, with the polygonal little characters and stuff. Uh, but with this, now that you have like full blown 3d with like the facial expressions, you know, the emotions, like, you know what I'm saying? Like a character oh, yeah. can say a thousand words with just a look. So now with this, you kind of have to make sure all the characters are dynamic enough to express themselves in such a way that makes sense. You know what I'm saying? So, like, Mm -hmm. Advent Children Cloud, like you said, was very brooding, very, like, oh, man, you know, life sucks. I miss Aerith and Zack and all this stuff, Geostigma. Mm -hmm. But, like, in this one, they had to go back and look at the original and say, hey, look, you know, Cloud has to wear a dress at some point. You know, he can't – I mean, he can be a brooding character, but he still has to Mm -hmm. have a little bit of snarky Mm -hmm. undertone to where he can navigate these kind of situations. So, like (laughs) – and uh, you mentioned Cloud being the way he is, uh, pretending to be a hard ass. There's one thing they did that was hilarious to me, and there's no word spoken. It's when Cloud first comes out with his uh, his dress or whatever. Mm-hmm. He comes out, and you're playing as Aerith. You're running around as Aerith. And he comes out, and it's a big crowd of people, and Cloud doesn't say a word to you. Like, he walks out, and you have mm-hmm. to literally follow him over to, like, a tent or something. Like, he doesn't speak. Yeah. Like, Aerith is just, like, walking with him, and then he finally, like you know, engages you in conversation. But I just thought mm-hmm. that was hilarious that, you know, he doesn't like, he's so embarrassed by what he's wearing that he doesn't even, and it may have been like, I might be overthinking that. I mean, maybe that was just the game waiting for him to get to his point B so you can talk to him. 
But I like to think that it was his way of like being ashamed of being in a dress uh, yeah. and not being able to look at Aerith or say anything until he got to mm. a stopping point. But yeah, I digress. Uh, I, I think they did good with making Cloud more dynamic in this one because he has to have you know a little bit of little bit of depth to do all this stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, I think you're completely right on the money. Him processing is like, well, I can't believe I'm doing this. <laughs> like, he still thinks he's like first class soldier. Like, he's this rugged dude, and he's like in this frilly dress and everything. And I yeah. loved, I loved Aerith's reaction in the honeybee scene where he's getting remade, and she's just like howling in the crowd. Oh like, yeah, she's just clapping like she's just excited as hell about what's <laughs> happening on, like happening, and just having the time of her life like yeah exactly uh, oh man uh here's another thing this was a small thing they gave Aerith a lot more depth because let me ask you this in oh, the yeah. first final fantasy 7 you see Aerith and you assume she's like this holier than thou like perfect character like mm. she's you know like she she's that character you know she she's got the holy material all that stuff but in this one they made her more down to earth like i think in some parts she curses when she's about to fall mm-hmm. off the uh the slum thing, like she's a person, mm-hmm. you know, like she, yeah. I, I love that they gave her that level of depth. Like, yes, she's a, a very goody two shoe character, but they kind of brought her back to like, well, look, she's a, a girl who, if she gets hurt, she's going to be pissed or yeah. Like it was great. Like I love how they did that. Oh, I did too. I, I loved the kind of best friend, uh, kind of sister bond that they started growing between her and Tifa. Oh um, yeah. I thought that was so good, and I loved when it was when Tifa and Aerith were with the rest of Corneo's men, and like they just start beating the crap out of them, and Aerith <laughs> just grabs a chair and starts okay. beating. WWF, yeah. Oh, it was so good, but kind of them snickering to each other and like talking about Cloud, like <laughs> behind his back, or like just follow whatever. Uh, <laughs> but I can't wait to see where. Th- Tifa and Eris kind of friend relations uh relationship and friendship goes and what crazy things uh crazy fun moments will will happen in the future games. Oh, definitely. Um, uh one of the things we haven't touched on is the soundtrack. Oh, man. The oh, remixes man. in this game and original scores yes. are so good. I listen, I literally I'm not even joking, like hand a guy the other day I was driving and I had a uh, collapse expressway playing in my car like on repeat because that mm-hmm. is one of my absolute favorite songs in the game. Like I think it's when you're taking Aerith back to um, it, no, you're going somewhere with her. It may be to uh, Walmart or somewhere or actually to um the slums where she lives. Mm-hmm. But that music. Both the battle and the navigational music, because they change mm-hmm. it up, you know. But like those soundtracks are so good, so good. Hmm. Um, Wall Market, where kind of each of the three has like a different, slightly different rendition of the Wall Market theme, depending on what area you're kind of in. Yeah. I thought was really, really cool. Uh, the Airbuster boss music was fantastic. The little nods to uh, One Winged Angel and Genova's track and how they kind of sprinkle in some Advent Children things there in the beginning when Cloud first sees Sephiroth in kind of the burning alleyway of Nibelheim. Oh, that was weird. That was weird because you're playing and running around, but Sephiroth's like cutting corners. Like every time mm-hmm. you cut a corner, he's like walking off. Like 
stuff like that always creeps me out in games for some reason. I don't know why, but if you're walking somewhere mm-hmm. and you turn a corner and the character is just now leaving the screen, like mm-hmm. it just feels, I don't know, it feels weird, but yeah. Also, Don Corneo's theme. Yes. Excellent, excellent. And I love kind of the, the new side characters they added in. I love Chocobo Sam. Um, I love... <laughs> Uh oh, what was her name? It, she was the one also in Walmart. And she gave the massage. I thought she was really good too. Um, I'm trying to remember. I remember Madam What's Her Face who does the dresses, but I'm trying to remember the massage. Yeah, that's who. No, she also does Cloud's uh massage. Yeah. Okay, that's right. That's right. Uh, it's like it's not Madam Wu, but it. I loved yeah. her how like she was very calm, and then she would just explode and start cussing up a storm at you it's like what is going on but i loved it i loved it um one of the things going into the remake that i was really kind of curious to see how they would handle uh was summons because at this point in the original game i don't i think you maybe get like one or two summons right before you leave midgar so i was curious to see how they were going to handle it here what did you think of the whole chadley stuff in um I guess Materi in general in, in the remake. Um, the Chatley character, you know, it's like I said, this will kind of fall into that territory of, you know, a lot of people being kind of annoyed by the extra little mini games and side things mm-hmm. and hit this and that and the third. But I didn't mind it so much. I mean, it's one of those things like it felt just like a very true to form JRPG mm-hmm. when Chatley showed up with his little eyeglass and the you know, hey, I got these summons, and you got to fight them mm-hmm. and whatnot. Uh, so I, I'm kind of indifferent towards the summons. Mm-hmm. Like, they're cool, but, like, I, I didn't heavily depend on them, if that makes any sense. Yeah. Because I was so mesmerized by the battle mechanics just mm-hmm. in and of themselves that I would summon stuff, yeah. But, like, I was more so like, oh, man, Cloud, go into defense mode. Okay, now go into, um, mm-hmm. not Ravager, uh punish i think punisher punisher yeah it was mode? punisher mode yeah like i was so fixated on just that you know switching between those that mm-hmm. i was just I, I don't know man <laughs> yeah i was kind of the same way like outside of like i would summon them the first time i got them just to kind of see what they could do and the animations are beautiful especially with their final attacks but oh, yeah i'm kind of to the point where i miss just summons like old school summons where you cast them, they come do something cool and then they're gone. Like yeah. it was a really cool feature like in 10 and other games where they, they show up for a while and then they'll, they'll attack and do things. But there's just, I'm kind of like, can we just go back to like how they were for like a game or two, just to give me a breather. Like, <laughs> oh, I yeah. don't need, I don't need effort walking around or me giving him <laughs> commands right now. It's like, I've done it fine. Cool. Yeah. He's it here. Was, Let him do his thing. Yeah, just just give me Hellfire, man. Just, like, have him show up, hit some dudes with a giant fire pillar, and then, like, peace out, you know? Oh, that, man. That's what I miss. I kind of miss it. Yeah, I and will I say some of the summons came in clutch when, mm-hmm. for example, I think I was in Shinra HQ, like, leaving. You know when you're mm-hmm. leaving, you have to fight in the lobby with uh, Barrett and I think it's you, yeah. Barrett, Aerith, and uh, somebody else. It might be Red 13. So, mm-hmm. like, you're fighting the big machine, and that oh man like i i hit one of those things and i I have this tendency to do this in games where i'll I'll either be slightly under leveled or the fight Mm -hmm. will be so one-sided that i have to like strategically this person dies i gotta 
run over here, stay here, charge this up, do this, whatever, whatever, yeah. for like an hour. So this happened, but I would summon something, and that would kind of be my like my uh, my tank for a bit. Mm-hmm. So I kind of regroup and whatnot. So yeah, I mean they, they they came in handy in certain situations, like mm-hmm. the one I just mentioned. Yeah. I will say, though, I did appreciate how you got to fight a bunch of the summons. Like, I thought that was a really kind of fun way to actually get the summons. Yeah. Because especially Bahamut, it's like, how am I going to do this? Okay, he's up in the air. How do I bring him down? Okay, swap to uh, Tifa or, or swap to Barrett or swap to Aerith to do some long range attacks. And then, like, assign, have Cloud cast this spell. Yeah. Um, that kind of strategic element I really, really appreciated. And I thought the boss fights, especially on hard mode, were were legit hard. Like, I had to think, okay, how am I going to do this? Yeah. Um, so when you were playing through, did you mostly just play as Cloud? Or were you swapping back and forth all the time? Or were you primarily Baird? Or did you, like, Tifa style? Like, who did you primarily play as? Um, I would, honestly, I know I had Cloud, like, a majority of the time. Because actually, I think by default, mm-hmm. you have to have Cloud in the party. I, it's been a, a while since I've played it, but mm-hmm. you have to have him by default, right? Uh, Yes, I, th- okay. I think so. Okay. Well, I know for a fact, and I think for me, I was more eager to like see how the story unfolded that I just mm-hmm. kind of kept Cloud and had my main, like I said earlier, like Tifa, uh, Aerith, or Barrett. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, and this might deduct some gamer point true gamer points for me but like <laughs> i didn't do new game plus where you have to uh where it's hella hard <laughs> i didn't do mm. that uh i just played the basic you know went through and did my thing um but yeah that that's kind of I, I kept it pretty simple yeah i what i can't part what part of me likes and doesn't like about the whole new game plus thing in hard mode is i like how you can bounce around to whatever chapter you want and play it on hard. You don't have to like play the the entire thing again on hard. I haven't yeah. played through the entire game again on hard my, myself. I've done a couple uh, levels here and there. Um, okay. But after, but after, yeah, after a beating it, I was like, yeah, I'm going to go and see how hard it actually is. And it's like, okay, this is a, this is a good challenge. And then I um, set it down, uh, and then had to work on other games and whatnot. So I, it's one of those things. One day I'll go back and platinum. I think Final Fantasy VII remake. Maybe before the next game comes out. Oh yeah. Um, but it was for me. I I mostly stuck with uh, Cloud and Barrett as my main my main characters. I would control. Um, yeah. I loved Barrett's overcharge. I loved how. Uh, how he was a range fire, like I felt, and he was tanky. Like he's, I really, really liked Barrett in the oh, game. Yeah, so, um, and just as a character, and so, uh, being able to control each character and each character feeling and so different from one another, I really, really appreciate. Um, but yeah, like as a big fighting game fan, I love tifa and like her crazy oh, yeah. combos she could do um that was pretty cool actually mm-hmm. controlling tifa and throwing hands like just going in on the like that yeah. was that was pretty cool yeah um and like watching like people come up with combo vids for tifa it's like ridiculous some of the things people could come up with um with her different buffs and her flips and her kicks and uh <laughs> 
then having it work with giving commands to other characters so they'll continue the combo going and like pop them up it's just uh it was crazy it it is it it was it was lots of magic like thundaga and and whatnot (laughs) um one of the things that was most different i would say about the remake was the weapon system how each weapon uh, you could level up and uh, refine and kind of enhance on its own and each had gave you their own skills what were what did you kind of take away from that like would you prefer it kind of go back to more simpler where you just have more weapons but each one would be stronger have different stats or do, do you appreciate and prefer this method where you would have fewer weapons but you could enhance them on your own um I guess for me, because I'm a collector at heart, I did mm-hmm. enjoy how, say, like in the original, you know, you have your Buster Sword, which you can't get rid of. You have your other weapons, this and that and the third. Mm-hmm. And obviously, they all, have, they all have their own aesthetic. That's the first thing you notice. Because yeah. I don't know about you, but usually when I'm using a sword, I'm like, yo, does this look cool? Does this look badass? Okay, let it's me all about aesthetic. Yeah. Stats be damned. It's about aesthetics, yes. Well, no, like, I mean, like I said, if I see a blade that's, like, cooler mm-hmm. looking than what I got, but the damage isn't there... I'll use the one that's uglier, like for sure. Oh yeah, like, I'm all about I'm right that there battle. With you. Uh, but it's still nice to like. I don't know for whatever reason when you get to certain parts of a game, specifically Final Fantasy, and you have that certain weapon. I don't know. It's just it, it feels cool. Opposed to say if I only use the Buster Sword the entire game, it just leveled it up like crazy. That's cool. But I still to answer your question, I'm kind of long winded. Uh, I like <laughs> where it's different weapons. For mm-hmm. the aesthetic, you know, like the ultimate weapon, for example, uh, in yeah. FF7. Like, it's cool to flash that thing around in battle knowing that I'm doing hella damage. Versus oh, yeah. if I had a Buster Sword that's strong as the ultimate weapon somehow, because I leveled mm-hmm. it up like crazy, it just doesn't hit the same, you know? Oh, yeah. Completely. Completely. Now, I have to know, what are your thoughts on the ending? Um, and I know a lot of people are divided on this, so here's... Yeah my take on it i i understand why they're doing it because for starters if everyone knows exactly how the game is going to play out like the original i guess it low-key takes a little of the fun out of it and also mm-hmm. like for example and everyone knows this is game came out in 1987 Aerith dies in the original so mm-hmm. i feel like they did this as a way to retcon her actually if they're gonna either do it one of two ways either one she's gonna survive um or maybe sacrifice herself later when she realizes that it's kind of a Donnie Darko situation. That's a movie I love where mm-hmm. her existence means like the end of the world. So they might play it out that way mm-hmm. where she avoids death for as long as she can. So Sephiroth doesn't stab her, you know, down at, um, was that city of ancients or wherever? Yeah. Like he doesn't kill her there, but at some point she has to give up her life or again, they'll just retcon it completely and she survives. And maybe Zach, since he showed up out of nowhere, he he gives up his life or something. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. it, it, it leaves it open-ended. So that means there's a lot of possibilities, you know, whatever they want to do with characters, you know, this and that mm-hmm. and third. So I'm, I'm okay with it. You know, I'm I'm eager to see what they do, as long as it's not, like, yeah. like trash. Yeah, I'm kind of in the same boat. Like, I thought it was very interesting, kind of their direction. I thought it was uh, with the, the ghosts or the whispers and everything and how yeah. they're kind of trying to keep the timeline on consistent with on the first track thing. on track and fighting kind of the future spirits of the 
Sephiroth clones in Advent Children, like Yazoo, Kaz, and Yazoo, or yeah. Luz. Uh, I thought that was a really cool touch. Um, it, I, I think big moments like Aerith uh, dying will still happen. I kind of could see where you're coming from with uh, it will. Yeah, it will be interesting. I think she'll have to die at some point just because it's such a big part of even like how the end game in the original game happened. Like, but it would be interesting to see if her, her kind of trying to push back against fate, um, but then ending up having to actually sacrifice herself uh, or die in the end regardless will be would be interesting um, because you have to remember this too during the game either cloud's having the visions or air i think it's cloud but he's seeing visions of Aerith getting stabbed like yeah they're flashes like you see the air the uh, materia mm-hmm. fall into the water him holding her in the water like so it's like they're seeing bits of this timeline that already exists for us that we've seen mm-hmm. but they're on that path so like like you said it might be like a rubber band where they're gonna go as far as they can and they might not meet the exact same fate at the same place, but it's going to have to be like, again, I think it's going to mm-hmm. come down to Aerith or Zach. You know what I'm saying? Like where I don't think Zach is alive. Oh, like that was just a, I, I think whether they're going to do some sort of weird, like multi like parallel universe thing where maybe Zach didn't die or if it's just slightly altered. So he dies a little later on, but I, I don't know what they're going to do with Zach. Like, I feel like he's not alive in the game because Cloud still has the Buster Sword. And with them kind of, like, walking by Zach, like, their paths crossing right at the end of the game, I feel like... I don't know if it's, like, a nod to the past that she's kind of feeling his spirit or it's, like, a a split timeline. If they're going to kind of do a split timeline kind of thing, I don't know. Oh, I get you. Like, like Um, Avengers... uh end game where yeah. there's a lot of time tra- okay um it'll be interesting uh, that's probably one of the the main plot threads that i'm most intrigued to see uh what stems from it um but uh, no having played the original final fantasy 7 what are some future moments that you are most excited to see in future uh remake games oh wow that was such a big game. Let me think. Because, again, now it's been years since I've played the original FF7. Mm-hmm. But let me think. I know for me, when I was younger, just actually getting out to the world map and mm-hmm. getting to explore, that felt, like, again, for a kid, that felt like, I don't know how to explain that feeling in itself. Yeah. Because Midgar was all of this one, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. <laughs> no. So, like, no, it wasn't? No, that's right. Yeah, uh, Aerith dying was the end of this one. Excuse me. Yes. So, like, just getting out to the world, but playing all that stuff in Midgar, which took forever, like, that almost felt like a full game for a kid, mm-hmm. you know, for me. But I would say what I'm most looking forward to is either going to be the Golden Saucer, the Chocobo Farms, or probably, I want to see how, how they do Wutai, like Yuffie's yeah. Home. Like, I would love to see how they, they kind of navigate that because i mean it's designed Mm -hmm. to be like china kind of in a way like i guess it's fashioned after china um so like i don't know i really want to see how that plays out and they're putting a lot more importance on the conflict between midgar and wutai in this remake timeline like they bring up wutai in this civil war and everything a lot so i think 
that's going to be a very I think that's going to be a central point. I could even see Woot the conflict or Wutai being a central part of the next game, of like the second game. Um oh, yeah. For me, I think the biggest things I really want to see are I can't wait to see what all craziness they do with the golden saucer. That's really cool. But yeah. I want to see Cosmo Canyon because I think Cosmo Canyon is going to look gorgeous. Oh, yeah, for sure, for sure. And that remake, or the remix. And I'm really, really curious to see how they are going to handle the weapon fights. Mm, oh, God. Those, I guarantee. Those will be amazing. Those are going to take, like, probably an hour or two to defeat, like, one one weapon. Like, I, I just have this theory that those yeah. are not going to be easy fights whatsoever. I want them to be, like, crazy. Like, honestly, as, uh, like, a big fan of kind of, like, challenge super bosses and stuff from games, like, I want the weapon fights to be, like, some of the most epic fights in the, enti- in the entire series. Like, make yeah. them towering over and maybe make it a situation where all the party members have to fight. Beat up like, one part. Yeah, kind of like a raid fight where you're all in a giant arena and all the characters are there fighting a single ball. Like, the single weapon, I think, would be so cool. They'll fraction um, it off. They'll do it, like, piece by piece. Like, some have to yeah. beat on the leg. Some have to beat on, like, the shoulder or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm, I'll am i be really curious to see how they do uh, the high wind as well, like, the airship stuff, because I think that'll be cool. Yeah, it's a lot some, to look forward to it. There is, and I'm hoping it'll be sooner rather than later. I'm hoping we'll be playing part two by, like, 2023. Yeah, I I feel like it's going to get pushed further than that for some reason. I don't know why, just because, mm-hmm. obviously, given the situation with the pandemic, you know, a lot of things being kind of halted. Yeah. I, it, it seems like it's going to be a little later than that, but who knows? I mean, I there's no telling. They might have curveballed us. What if they have part two already, like, working being worked on like underground but they've just been so like airtight yeah. about it which I, I doubt but it just it's fun to dream well at least with the future parts they have the engine in place they've kind of figured out and worked out how combat's gonna work they have a bunch of the character models oh yeah um so they have like a really good base to go off from and if it's asset creation i know i believe they've said that part two started like main development October or like the fall of 2019 was when it shifted pretty much into full development on part two hmm. um, as the, this first part was finishing development and doing like bug testing and things. So ah. um, I'm hoping like end of this year, maybe first half of next year, we'll get our first like trailer, maybe like game awards 2021. We'll get like <laughs> the first trailer or something or oh, tease of wow. part two. Yeah, I can see that, but it also depends on what they're going like, what their release schedule of Final Fantasy 16 is. So I don't, I don't think they want remake part two to step on the shoes of 16. So I think honestly, I could see us not getting anything seven related until 16 is out, just so it doesn't step on the toes. But (laughs) so, so many good things, I can't wait. It just. If I wasn't feeling so old and everything, I would just be like, "Give it, just can we just jump there?" It's like I can't do that anymore. Oh man, <laughs> I, I I will say this too on a totally unrelated note: the mm. way they designed Scarlet, she is like 
ridiculously hot, like for no reason. Oh yeah. Like I saw her, I was like, oh my god, like what in the, you know, like like she she's that character, and I mm-hmm. I know like because they are like they have more liberties nowadays with games and like you know relationships and stuff like that. I do wonder if they'll explore different things, like like not to get like too like mm-hmm. deep into this, but like different say like sexualities, this and that, and the third, because you know mm-hmm. like it's a pretty open world now. So like, I wonder if they're going to do anything of that nature with the yeah. characters, even if they're like side characters, you know? Yeah. I mean, she still has to have a slap fight with. Tifa oh yeah. <laughs> on oh. top of the giant phallic cannon, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's still a thing to look forward to. <laughs> oh man. But I'm excited regardless, just because I'm a huge oh, yeah. final fantasy fan and like seven, it, it did. Like I still plan to stream it again one day. Mm-hmm. Um, so like it, it's just I'm excited in general for it. I want to hear that new world map music. Oh, it's gonna be so good. We are not the only ones that love the Final Fantasy VII remake, so we are going around the web. Starting off, we have user EitherImagination9 from Reddit. They say, Love the moments between the cast, especially Tifa and Aerith. Incredibly happy to see that the characters are more like how they were in the original game than they were in Advent Children and other compilation material. Hot take, Sephiroth was was really good as the villain in this game. So yeah, I was... I wasn't necessarily expecting Sephiroth to be the final boss in this game. <laughs> they just um, had to squeeze him in there. They did. I feel like it would have been better if they had Rosh, the random soldier guy, be yeah. the boss. Because he feels like a really <laughs> random inclusion to fight him once or twice and then you know, just never see him again. Yeah. Like, I don't... We didn't need that Sephiroth encounter just yet i feel like they wanted to make sure that even though it's not a full game that you yeah. can still experience that like level of fear of fighting sephiroth so i'll be honest like i was a little mm-hmm. i barely killed him like i barely mm-hmm. killed sephiroth but just the way he fought the creepiest thing was he just kind of walks at you extremely slow yeah before he just lunges and does all this fancy sephiroth stuff but mm-hmm. yeah i think they just squeezed him in just to fan service yep Oh, definitely. Um, still a fun fight. I still enjoyed it. I'm very curious about his whole seven seconds to the end kind of uh, <laughs> dialogue at the end at the edge of the universe for some reason. But hey, why not? Um, so I'll be curious to see how that pans out. But, but yeah, thank you for sharing either imagination. Did you want to take the next one? Yeah, sure. sure. Let's see. So this is from Urex915, or excuse me, Rex915. Let's see, a lot, but I particularly love how they captured Cloud and Aerith's relationship. Between the scene on the rooftops, the high five of the tunnel, Cloud seeing her in a red dress, and their conversation before the rescue. They nailed their budding romance so well. As someone who played the original but never really looked at Aerith as anything more than generic, love interest, remake captures the growth of the relationship so much better. Yeah, so we did kind of touch on that earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, I personally, like I said, I love the dynamic between the characters, how much more life they've given them, how much more anchored they are to their world and each other. Yeah. Um, 
I am again. I'm curious to see how any relationships play out. You know, because we could get curveball yeah. with anything, which is interesting. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. I there's and again, I'm not being some like I'm not making any fandoms or any Rule Thirty Four per se, but like, <laughs> uh, there's a a small 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 chance. What if Aerith and Tiffa are like, man, you're super cool. You're super cool. Cloud's busy worried about Sephiroth. Why don't you and me like? be together or whatever I, like who knows mm. like what that could turn into but just judging by the way tiffa is with cloud i doubt that'll happen uh so i can definitely see like cloud having to kind of choose just like in the original like you know who does he pay more attention to you know air the tifa like i'm i'm just curious to see how that plays out but i love how they did it yeah i guess he'll just have to go on the gold saucer date with barrett <laughs> yeah there you go yeah just that's, just that's do that he Wipe his hands of both choices. Just make the, the easy call and not pick. <laughs> exactly. Bared it is. Um, what? And what user uh, Rex mentioned, I had totally uh, forgot the high five scene. Like, that was such a good way of, and kind of innocent way of showing Cloud going outside of his comfort zone. Like, yeah. putting himself out there. <laughs> and... Aerith's reaction when she's like, what are you doing? And then realizing, like, oh, my God. And then Cloud being like, no, <laughs> never mind. Never mind. It's like, oh, God, I'm so sorry. <laughs> uh, that was that was a very good scene as well. Uh, going back to just the performance of the voice actors and the motion cap artists and everything uh, behind this game, nailing it out of the park with that scene. Oh, for sure. Uh, next up, we have user M. But... Uh, Mbata Agil? Sorry if I butchered that from Reddit. Uh, seeing the team naturally building up chemistry, Aerith actively becoming the recruiter for Team Save the Planet, the fluid battle system that effect- efficiently combined turn base with the ATB system, the twists in the old story and giving a renewed sense of investment and admiration for these characters were written so great. Though exposition, through exposition and what looked like some ideas that must have been cut from the original game due to technical technical limitations, everything felt so much more fleshed out. The soundtrack for this game is totally out of this world. It just sets up the seams and elicits so much emotion from you while you're playing. You practically, you practically wind up pausing every so often just to listen to certain music. Do yourself a favor and listen to Infinity's End when you get the chance. Yeah, I know. I definitely paused and listened to some of those soundtracks, especially like the battle tracks and stuff. Oh, definitely, um, definitely. Um, I also love the track that was playing when Aerith, uh, I think it's the nighttime scene when Aerith and Cloud are walking after Cloud sneaks out of Aerith's house. I love that melody. I thought that was very, very good. Um, and yeah, with the quality that we have in this first game, I can't wait to hear like the Gold Saucer remix. I can't wait to hear Cosmo Canyon, the world, more of the world map sound or soundtrack, the High Wind, uh, the soundtrack of High Wind, Northern Crater, everything. Um, yeah, it's all gonna be larger than life. So good, so so good. <laughs> yeah, I, I feel like I said I'm, I'm kind of with you on that too. Just like I said, the way they did flesh flesh everything out. Pretty much, I'm just echoing what was mentioned mm-hmm. earlier. Just every aspect, they made sure to like go in and say, "Look, let's take this small thing that mm-hmm. you wouldn't even think about, like the daycare center, uh, and Aerith, and um, what is that? What is Aerith? Sep- sector, uh, not six. Um, 
whichever sector she's from, like they nine? had the daycare. Yeah, I think she's was it nine. nine. Uh, they had the whole daycare, the whole garden that leads up to her house, mm -hmm. like little stuff like that was just really cool. Yeah. All right, let's see. So I'll take this next one. All right, so let's see, Avio Eleven. I uh, hope I read that right. Let's see, the ending absolutely tied a bow in the experience for me. There were a lot of unexplained things and scenes that didn't make a lot of sense, but finding out that it's been the hand, the hand of fate trying to push things in the original direction the whole time, and you finally broken free of those chains, put the entire experience in a whole new light. Not to mention making me super hyped for the next game. Yeah, you know, like I said, that ending or even those those elements with the the hands of fate and everything mm -hmm. that adds again another layer of we don't know what's going to happen. Like it's going to be the same world but we don't know how everything is going to actually play out per se. And I'm sure they'll keep a lot yeah. of the core elements of the game. You know, like I said, the Chuggable Farm, yeah. Midgar Zalem, all that good stuff. But as far as the story itself, like a lot of stuff mm -hmm. could potentially get knocked out of whack. So it's a whole new experience, not only graphically, um, but just, you know, experience wise. So like I said, I'm, I'm pretty excited for that too. Um, it, it's, it was different. Like I said, fighting the, the hands of fate at the end. Mm -hmm. Like I, I didn't expect that, but... <laughs> You know, it was still, yeah. it was something. I felt like the whispers were kind of very tongue-in-cheek with uh, a representation of the original game's fan base. Like, that's yeah. all I thought. Like, it's just the original fans wanting the game to remain on the same course, everything to happen exactly how it happened. And Sephiroth <laughs> being like, nah, fam. And he just, like, cuts nope. them down. Be like, nah, it's it's my world now, baby. <laughs> That's right, yeah, because he even acknowledges it like, hey, look, in one timeline, I get defeated. I ain't with yeah. that. I'm not with that. Mm -mm. So here's what we're going to do. <laughs> Suck it, fans. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so it'll be interesting. And yeah, fighting against fate, I think, is a really interesting uh, kind of theme to go with. And new and old fans alike now are in the exact same boat it's like we have no idea where this wild ride is going yeah. we're just holding on uh for dear life at this point but chances are we'll like it regardless so oh yeah and there will be parts of the internet that hate it and be very vocal about hating it and you know yep. the the internet will continue to internet so it's all good <laughs> uh next up we have user Keen from reddit I love the scene after the first meeting with Sephiroth when Cloud walks up the street and people are crying about the explosion. Also, the cycle of souls, a reiteration of the promised land give, gave me chills. I can talk about me, the meeting with Aerith when you fall on the flowers or when the district is destroyed and Barrett thinks he lost Marley. Yeah, those, those were... Like, the collapsing of Sector 7 was big. Like, when you were trying to find... Uh, any survivors yeah. or you found Biggs's uh, cats uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, finding that um, yeah there were some definitely some they knocked it out of the park and just seeing Jesse and the others injured and maybe not die uh, uh, we're, we're big oh you that's know? right that's right yeah. I, so. I kind of feel like because TV has TV and movies have influenced games for the past decade or two so much mm -hmm. more, uh, I feel like games now are almost obligated to give more heart to their games, more mm -hmm. like 
more gravity, if you will. So, like, mm-hmm. even when, like you said, when you have to save all the survivors when the plate is falling, that gives more meaning to the plate is falling. It's not just like in the first one where, like, hey, it's falling. People are going to die. Oh, man, let's just go to the next area and fight monsters. Yeah. This was, like, legit, hey, this is serious. People are getting, like, killed, losing their homes. We got to get out of here. There's that urgency it creates. And then, mm-hmm. like, it helps you care for the characters even more. You know, because, like, even with Jesse, um, mm-hmm. which, again, she could still be alive, potentially. But, like, you know, having to go to her house and, like, go and get her dad's uh, Shinra documents or whatever, mm-hmm. key card or something. Like, little stuff like that makes you care about Jesse even more. You know? Because, oh. like, obviously she's sipping for clout, but just that in itself made it that much more heartbreaking when she, you mm-hmm. know, passes away up on the on the thing, so... Yeah, and yeah. shout out for Jesse being unapologetically thirsty. <laughs> Hell yes. yeah, girl. I love Hell it. yeah. Um, but no, like, how they, in a more serious tone, going with more of Jesse's past and everything, how, like, she was this actress who got a, uh, landed a role in, in the Gold Saucer, and she's been putting yeah. up this facade and these little uh, bits of information that fleshes out all these characters, I would love to have it more of that come in for Biggs and Wedge as well. And I, oh, for sure. I am Charlie Sheen. Ver- oh, yeah. And I'm very anxious to see if they continue to kind of flesh out Avalanche as an organization because we know, we found out in this game that Barrett, T- uh, Barrett and them, their group of from Avalanche was kind of kicked out for being too radical. Um <laughs> And then they were ended up being rescued by the main branch in the Shinra HQ. And it's like, that's really interesting. Are we going to see more of or get new characters on like Avalanche higher ups or HQ? Are they working with Wutai? I'll be really anxious to see how that all works. Oh, yeah. Um, so we'll, we'll see. Okay, let's see. All right, this looks like the last one here user yep. Gehyth from Reddit. I really enjoyed walking around the damaged surroundings after the first reactor explosion. The base game has some of my favorite opening hours of all time, and I thought walking around the slum, oh, excuse me, around the ruins and hearing the reactions of people was a great way to make the reactor explosion even more impactful. I was often annoyed at being forced to walk slowly later in the game, but being forced to slow down made that early scene really work for me. I was amazed at how well they ex- executed, and I would, I would even say improved on it. One of my favorite parts of the original game. Yeah, again, like, I... <sighs> Because I'm low-key uh, an aspiring game developer, like someday, mm-hmm. like way in the future. So I love little things like that where if I'm in a game, I'll spin the map around to look at the actual surroundings, the backgrounds, the character models, all this stuff. So like they mentioned here, having to walk slowly and actually take it all in, mm-hmm. like that's that's really powerful. That's really impactful. Cause like, and I know I'm using their word too, but I don't know. It's just that attention to detail they did such a good job, like I said, of giving the game yeah. more heart and like weight. You know, it's not like uh, some games you play where you just show up and say, like, "Hey, save these people from this burning building." Oh, thank you, Mister. Here's yeah. some money. See ya. Like it's it's so much more to it, man. Like I think they they nailed every everything they were trying to nail with these uh, these motifs and whatnot in the game. Yeah, um, like you need those moments. You need that those moments those slow moments those quiet moments to reflect and kind of take a breath and process what just happened it's so important whether it's in movies or books or tv or video games like you need that that balance to really reflect and appreciate and reflect and 
on what's gone on and like they said it's uh yeah and it's like the emotion from the music that swells and kind of the low quiet melodies that accompany these moments it all comes together in a very single emotional important package Um, Mm -hmm. and I will say though regarding moving slow I did think it was total bullshit how Cloud had (laughs) to like get ladders down so they could all fly or like climb up when Cloud can like (laughs) jump from building to building and cut them in half be like okay dude i'm pretty sure you could just pick up Aerith and like hop skip and jump up that maybe 20 foot tower or like cliff i'm like yeah i'm fine when like i'm fine with the slow times and reflective parts but when you're asking me to do like these mundane things like move an arm so Aerith can climb up even though i've seen you do crazy magical inhuman things for the past 20 hours that's where i'm like okay i can well, suspend my disbelief fine but this is a bit too much well they do that to lengthen the gameplay experience too yeah. like to make it just a little longer like hey here's a tedious uh semi puzzle move these cranes walk across that yeah you know oh, look you just spent like 30 45 minutes oh no cloud suffering from a from a uh muscle uh <laughs> muscle thing. It's got a sore muscle. Muscle cramp. He can't jump right now, so there deal you go. With it. Deal exactly. Deal with it. Uh but thank you everyone who has submitted your favorite moments and memories. Be sure to check in the show notes as always for links to the threads where you can share your own favorite moments or memories from Final Fantasy VII Remake. Now let's say you've listened to Cloudy and I rave on about this fantastic game and you are wondering where to get it. Well, we uh, are here to help you out. Luckily, because this is a brand new, or, well, it was a brand new game, but it's still very wildly available, wildly available, widely, <laughs> I can talk, widely available game. You can get it both physically and digitally pretty much in any store, uh, new Getting it brand new in a physical version will range you between 30 and 60, depending on what stores are running what promotions and sales. Um, digital, you're still looking at around 50 to 60 bucks, also depending on sales. I wouldn't be surprised if when the year mark comes up, we're going to get an announcement of an enhanced new gen version uh, for PC. Because... Uh, PlayStation only has the exclusivity for a year. Like, this is only exclusive to PS4 for a year. So I think, like, April 11th, or right around there, Square's going to announce a PC port and the Xbox port, but they're also going to announce, like, a re... Not remastered, per se, but, like, an enhanced edition specifically tailored for new generation platforms, perhaps having to do with, like, the ever-crisis and those uh, trademarks that recently came out. That's all speculation, but I would expect within the next four or five months, we will be getting also PS5 and PC and Xbox versions. I can see that. Yeah. Makes sense. Square likes money. (laughs) And they have a lot of room. It's like, okay, we're going to bump it up to a 60 frames per second, 60 FPS at scaled up 4K or whatever. 
and we're going to clean up some of the textures and re-release it for 50 60 bucks you Ooh. know and what's yeah. crazy even with that like i wouldn't i don't think i want to play ff7 at 60 fps like i'm content with how it was to be mm-hmm. honest with you like i i don't need all those extra frames me personally but yeah i know everyone's different so they would have to add like actual new story beats maybe more stuff with zach or like a hidden trailer for me to want to rebuy it for ps5 yeah but if they add like an update patch where you can have it at the improved frame rate or resolution i would be down for that not feeling but so let's say you have scored yourself a brand new or used copy of final fantasy 7 remake and you're wondering oh man this is so intimidating i could use some tips or advice well we have you hooked up here as well cloudy do you have any advice or tips that you would give to new players yeah uh, if you're someone who's never touched the final fantasy franchise i will say that the ff7 remake experience is very different very different from his predecessors especially the ones on like super nintendo or the original ff7 um but i would say just go into it with an open mind because it really depends like if the player is someone who has never played an rpg but just thought the game looked cool i (laughs) i can't exactly say what kind of time you're gonna have but i will say Mm -hmm. that the battle system is fun enough to where it's not it's not as turn-based as like the old final fantasies put it that way like i would never tell someone who's never played an rpg to play the original ff7 because you probably hate it but with this one i say just go into it and actually have fun with it because it feels like the game is styled in such a way that anyone can enjoy it Obviously, the hardcore fans like you, me, and others, we love it. But even mm-hmm. if you're someone who just wants to play a hack and slash, you can jump into it and really have fun with it, you know? And just mm-hmm. just strap up for the ride. That's all I can say. It's a good ride. And there's, a, like, an easy mode. So if you are kind of new to the RPG or action RPG stuff and you just want to experience the story, just set it on that. And you'll exactly. still get it's It's still fantastic. So for me, my suggestion is you are able to basically save loadouts on each weapon of material. So my recommendation uh, would be to kit out specific weapons to handle certain kind of types of situations. So if make a a loadout for Cloud that deals a lot with far range or uh, magical attacks that so if you're dealing with a lot of flying enemies or ones that he can't easily get to just swap to that weapon with all that preset materia and you'll be good to go similar things to that if you're not fighting a lot of long-range encounters give barrett like the the scissor his scissor weapon changing him into a really beefy and strong close range fighter uh doing things like that will help a lot and you can just quickly swap between and carry over your materia so i would recommend that and also be sure you learn all the specific special abilities and skills from the weapons. Oh, yeah. Because uh, once they're mastered on that weapon, you can use them whenever, depend- regardless of what weapon that you are uh, using. So those would be our tips and advice for all you new players to Final Fantasy VII Remake. Yeah. Now we are on to one of my favorite parts of each episode, the monster or enemy of the week. Cloudy, what fighter or what enemy are you bringing to the arena this week? Uh, Okay, so I'm bringing Reno, uh, specifically your first encounter with him in Remake, FS7 Remake. Uh, Again, just I personally, 
even though the character is annoying, I love how he fights. Mm -hmm. You know, like with electricity and everything. Like he's a very skilled fighter, and I love that they actually gave him that level of like precision and expertise as a fighter. Because mm -hmm. you know, I honestly thought when he first showed up, he'd be a pushover. I'm gonna be perfectly honest with you. I was mm -hmm. like, oh, it's, it's Reno, pretty boy redhead, looks almost like Axel from Kingdom Hearts, but mm -hmm. I can take him out. And then he actually showed me what's good, <laughs> and I actually had yeah. to focus and say, wait a minute, I'm gonna have to like dodge correctly. I gotta really focus in to beat this guy and that was the first fight mm -hmm. you know but yeah, yeah. In, the, in the church <laughs> exactly so like that was that that was my most memorable fight from remake mm -hmm. early on yeah it's it's definitely a good fight and it's so much different from the reno uh we're used to like the dashing around the kind of teleporting the very quick attacks very yeah. very intense fight but when you fight reno we'll assume you're playing this on normal he will have 6,079 HP with an attack value of 124 along with a 124 magic attack value. His defense and magic defense are both 103. He has a greater resistance against lightning damage and he is immune to silence, slow, and berserk. His stagger lengths at roughly about 7 seconds and he will drop 600 gil when you beat him, 10 AP, 600 experience, he has a 100% chance of dropping an ether, and you have a small chance of around 10% to steal uh, an ether as well. His abilities and attacks include beatdown, rushdown, shock swipe, counterattack, EM shot, EM flail, EM charge, bright spark, and EM toss. So when you fall on some flowers and meet Aerith, <laughs> be warned, you have a bit of a fight ahead against yeah. Reno. Yeah. That's <laughs> all I'm good. saying. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Well, Cloudy, thank you so much for joining me today. This has been such a blast nerding out with you about some Final Fantasy VII Remake. Oh, for sure, for sure. Thanks for having me, even though a lot of my answers are long-winded. No, I mean, that that's the purpose of this episode is just to nerd out like you're just chilling with someone and ah. talking about a game. So your answers weren't long winded at all. Well, it's good, the purpose good. of the show. Uh, but where can people find you online? What do you got cooking? Feel free to plug yourself away. Sure. Uh, you can find me pretty much on all platforms, YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. And those are at Cloudy McDoom, C-L-O-U-D-I-E-M-C-D. OOM. Uh, as far as projects I have right now, I'm currently building my YouTube channel up because I made a deal with my fan base that once I hit 50k subscribers, I will release part three of Final Fantasy Boss in a Nutshell. So definitely look that up on my YouTube channel because part two is it, it pretty was much so a, good. Yeah, thank it you. It was thank you. so fucking good, dude. I, re <laughs> I recreated like a Final Fantasy battle FF10 style. Uh, so yeah, that, that's got everyone kind of reeling and loving my content. So that part three is coming at 50 K. Well, get over there right now, listener and subscribe because I want to see that. <laughs> it's so good. I love the characters you've created thank uh, you. for that. Uh, but thank you to each and every one of you who's listened today. Be sure to rate and review us on your preferred podcast service as I would really appreciate if you have an RPG you would like us to feature on an episode, tweet at IrrationalPod with the hashtag RPGU with your suggestion, or share your own favorite RPGs directly with me on Twitter at SolidSnake120. 
And as always, stay safe, stay healthy, be kind to one another. Class dismissed.